Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis here. Now, Gordy, you're off to a big Super Bowl party today. Yeah, going to the Super Bowl party. I went a couple of years ago and it's been a tradition of mine for about the last, say, 15 years to go somewhere to have a beer. There we go. We're also going to talk dog. through the oh, trials. And, Walsh. and I want to talk Reese Walsh. Yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah. Plus, we're going to take you through the moment when Tallis met Tallis. Hello and welcome to our Monday edition of Footy Talk, our brand new podcast here on the Listener app. It is week two and once again, I am joined by the one and only Gordon Tallis. Now, Gordy, before we get into the footy, it is a very special day, Super Bowl day, and you are off to a hot party. Tell me about your plans for this Uh, morning. Super Bowl, do you know what? I got into American football back in the end of 96, the Broncos, we went on a trip away. Uh, I just finished with the Dragons. The Brisbane Broncos went to meet the Denver Broncos. So mm. we spent like about four days in Colorado, went and watched the players train. Uh, at the time, there was a bloke by the name of Steve Atwater. He was the best defensive player in the game. Shannon Sharp, the guy that got in a bit of a push and shove at the Lakers game. And John Alway was the famous number seven. And John Alway used to hang an Alan Langer jersey in his locker because he was superstitious. A number seven Broncos jersey. But anyway, went over mm. there and this film crew was sort of getting shots of us and we go to watch the Denver Broncos play the Chicago Bears and this guy from Brisbane gives us his media accreditation pass to myself, Wendell Saylor (laughs) and Anthony Mundine. He said, go down through the tunnel, go on the field. So we had the camera, the sound mic and I was carrying the battery pack and you could only imagine what Wendell and Anthony Mundine were doing. (laughs) They were filming the cheer girls, they go into the crowd. I just kept on picturing myself spending like two weeks in a Colorado prison because I was going to get locked up because <laughs> my accreditation wasn't right. But just watching those guys that day and they were just supreme athletes. And since then I've followed it and now I sort of understand their game and every inch matters like that. Any given Sunday, that famous speech, it sort of it sort of all ties in to, you know, some great athletes and a few Aussies have gone over there. There's a couple playing today, but Hayne and, you know, um, Val Holmes and Colin Scott's and I think Big Zero had a crack too. It's there and it's fantastic athletes. I'm going to go and uh, drink a beer and have a couple of hot dogs. So let me just be clear. You used a fake pass, fake accreditation to get on the sideline and you were pretending to work um, as a camera crew. Yes, and that's how I got my job at Fox Sports. So when I went into Steve Crowley, I said, Steve, I've covered I've covered, covered NFL for CBS in the day and now Fox Sports have, you know, and then now they've bought in. So basically I was a pioneer. How of the did two you not get caught? The they would be so strict. Like they in the NRL, they check every single colour and thing on your pass. How did you get through with the NFL? Listen, I actually have no idea. I didn't think. So obviously, you ha- you, mate, you're in the crowd, you're having a beer, you're having a lunch before you go to the game, you're at the tailgate parties and someone offers you the stu- – and you just don't think. I'm a, look, I'm a forward. That's what I was going to think. Wendell didn't think. He was a winger in Mundine. Well, he didn't really care. He's always broken every rule. So, But um, it was good. And then a couple of years ago, Went to the Super Bowl, had a great time, and um, Kansas City Chiefs played the 49ers. They were the underdogs and bought a jersey and had a great time. So um, I hope the Aussie boys win, but I'm wearing my uh, my Kansas City Chiefs jumper that I bought over there. 
there we so go. So I'm like one of those fans. I'm like the Roosters fans. You know, when they make the final, you yep. pull the tag off like the day of the game. I'm <laughs> yeah. one of those sort of NFL fans. So whoever's playing in the final, I'll buy their jacket and pull the tag off and say I've followed them since I was a kid. <laughs> I'm a bandwagoner too. I literally yeah, oh, haven't mate. watched a single game all year. And oh, you haven't? The last week. No, I'm not, I'm not massive on it, but I'm going to go to the pub today and we've seen all the stories all week about Jordan yeah. Maialata, so I'm thinking I just – I'm jumping on him, so why not? It'd be a good story. Well, do you know, I've got a photo of him, and obviously, yeah, if you follow Rugby League, there's be photos. So I'll send it to uh, Chicka White, Charlie White, our producer. There's a photo. So I'm six foot three, six foot two, six foot three, uh, 115 kilo. There's a photo of him beside me before he actually went to the NFL. Wow. And I'll put it on Chicka, mate, we can put it on the site, and you see how big he is, and now he's 166 kilos, so uh, he's a big man. And congratulations claim, to him. Are you going to claim to have played a small part in his success no, over there? No, <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Listen, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I'm wearing a different <laughs> coloured right. shirt, I'm not going to jump on another team. Like, sure, 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 sure. Okay. We'll see you by oh, the end of the day. So soon I'm going to be a Dolphins <laughs> member, is that what you're going to try to tell me, that I'm oh, a Redcliffe Dolphins member? <laughs> you might be. We'll get stuck into the trials, that's a good segue. First off, let's just start with the Dolphins. Wayne Bennett was a no-show. What did you make of it? It's strange. I was uh, covering the game for Fox last night um, on the sunny coast, Titans versus the Broncos, and it was the talk of the sideline. So all the Titans players were sitting beside me, and then I had the screen, and I was watching the Cowboys versus the Dolphins at Barlow Park, I think it is, um, up in Cairns, and they were asking what the score is, and because everybody's interested in trials, and they're watching it on their phones, and, that, and then after the game, Wayne Bennett didn't shut up, and that was the biggest talk like around the Broncos and Titans. Why isn't a coach in their first year going? And then I was in Gladstone with him last week, and mate, I was quite impressed with what the Dolphins are doing. And Wayne, you know, was up there. He had a really young squad, all the young kids, and apparently he didn't even go to that game either. Yeah, That's I don't think two he was weeks up there. in a row. And I don't care who you are, right? So let's just break it down to at school when your teacher is not there and you get a relief teacher. Do you work as hard? Well, you should, but. I don't think students do. No, (laughs) mate, because I remember like they used to hand the paper around, you had to write your name down. By the time we got to me, I was in a class with Batman, Spider-Man, you know, (laughs) Peter Parker, Clark Kent. But but, but the difference is it's it's like having your real teacher still there on video cam being able to watch what you're doing. Without having your head coach there, it's like getting looked after by your grandmother. They always give you chocolates (laughs) and they hand you back. It's just Well done. You tried your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. darling. Go back to your dad now and off you go. So, listen, I just think it's strange, but maybe there's a bit of a ploy and um, when his real team runs out or like when the, you know, top boys run out and Wayne's been around for a long, long time, so he knows what he's doing. You were also there to see Reese Walsh on display oh. in his first game for the well. Broncos. I guess you can only describe it as electric. How important will he be for Brisbane this year? Do you know what? I was talking to Nathan Brown. This was in the off-season and, you know, with the Warriors and he goes, tell Kevy he's got an unbelievable player. He goes, he has everything. He's got a massive kick. And then last night, into the breeze, his first kicks in the first half, they were huge. The Titans struggled all through the second half with their kicking game. Everything he did was just – and I know it's a trial. I know it's round one. I know he's playing against some kids that are playing, you know, their first ever, you know, I'm NRL game. But he was so far above – those guys last night, but just in speed and that. So no matter who he plays, he's going to be just as dangerous. So I think that's great signs for Brisbane to have that foil with Adam Reynolds. And if they got Ezra Mam, that looks like he's put on a bit of weight. And there was that great tackle day for Fida charges at him right on the line. He picks him up and drives him back. So 
Um, I think Brisbane are in really good hands and they're rotating their number nine, which is between Corey Pakes and Billy Walters. And, um, you know, that's the position that they've got to nail down and just come up with a combination. But I think they've got the right recipe happening there. Do you think Reese Walsh is better off having left, gone to the Warriors, <clears throat> struggled a bit, got in a bit of trouble off the field as well? Do you think he's perhaps more mature than if he had just stayed at the Broncos, had a jersey handed to him? Do you think it has done him the world of good? I think it is. I think some of these young kids listen to their managers and the money and they don't realise what's best for their career. And then talking to him as he walked off at half time, he said, well, I'm back. I love this club and never wanted to be anywhere else. And now he's back. He says he feels like that he's at home. Mm -hmm. So that's one good thing. But just watching him play and and I think you don't, you know, you don't know what you have sometimes until it leaves you or whatever, you know, and I think everybody's made mistakes. But at the Warriors, you know, they struggled, they were young and, you know, their halves weren't as dominant and he's on the end of it and playing with Adam Reynolds and those guys last night, you can see that when he gets in a really good system with some good players around him that he's going to shine. Well, there are a few other players that have moved clubs that were the talk of the town yesterday. Brandon Smith up against the Storm. He'd said in that post-match interview with Fox League that he could actually hear the Melbourne Storm calling out their plays and it confused him a little bit because he'd spent so <laughs> long there, played 100-plus games for the Storm. It would have been strange for him. What would that, before we get into how important he is for the Roosters, what would that experience have been like? The first time he pulls on a Roosters jersey, it's up against the club yeah. he spent his whole career at. Well, it's strange. I can only go back to when I left the Dragons and went to play for the Broncos and I'm playing against all my mates. And these were guys that I lived with and it was penciled in, you know, like yeah. that was the <laughs> only game. And obviously he got to tick that box off early, but, you know, to sort of go away and play with the Roosters, trying to get his combinations, trying to get his head around the plays and the names of the plays and then he's running out there. And you could imagine Munster and those boys, you know, yelling the calls out really loud and teasing him a little bit and calling a certain play, but, you know, something else is on. And I don't think it'd be too hard to confuse the cheese. <laughs> to be quite honest. What are you <laughs> saying? Can be you be clear? What well, exactly be like are you me. saying? <laughs> Mate, like the first time I ever run on in State of Oregon, it was actually so funny. First time I ever run on. I'm nervous, right? So imagine I run on at the MCG. I think there's 90,000 people. I'm 20. I go to Kevin and I said, what's the play? And they started talking like in this language. They're going, and I'm like looking and I'm trying to get the play. I'm thinking, I don't know that play. And then they just looked at each other and started laughing at me. And that was my first moment in Origin. So they're so stitching you up. I think so. So I think Brandon Smith might have got stitched up a little bit yesterday, let's just say. That's pretty funny. Speaking of, I spoke to Victor Radley during the week actually at some promo shoots and I said, what is it like having Brandon Smith? And he said, He's the smartest, dumbest bloke you've ever met. He said footy-wise, he's, he's smart and he offers a lot, but he said beyond that, there's not much upstairs. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like it's like Shane Webke. So he's pretty intelligent. But then we went to a fish and chip shop one day and then it was Alf and all the boys and we were eating calamari. And then Shane Webke goes, how do they catch calamari? And Elf goes, so, <laughs> see, in the Bremer River, which is the start of the Brisbane River, yeah. this week, she goes, I just put a stick downstream and they all just swim onto it like that. <laughs> and he believed but it? Shane Webke, for someone that's so intelligent, he reads the news to Queenslanders and he didn't know. So there's those smart, dumb people that just don't have common sense. I think Brandon Smith might be in that hole. Well, hopefully, at least on the field, he adds a lot for them. Um, yes. What do you think, how crucial will he be? We had Sam Verrills there last year, but... Brandon Smith, no disrespect to Sam Verrills, but he's that 
He's another level he's, of class, isn't he? He's the most important player yeah. on the field, as in the number nine. They yeah. touch the ball the most or their point of attack goes whichever way he wants. And why I realised that, I interviewed Cameron Smith one day and he had Darren Lockyer on one side, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Conker said, what happens if we're going down the stretch and Queensland need one point or chasing points? Who do you pass the ball to? He goes, well, when I look up and I see where the gaps are, that's which way I go, no matter which player's there. And it just hit home that, the number nine can look up and they drive the attack. So um, Brandon Smith will be a big part of the Roosters moving forward. So the halfbacks can call the ball, but it's who he wants to pass it to and what he sees at the number nine. And plus, he's got probably the most damaging running game. Like I remember watching Steve Walters, but he's just as good as Steve Walters at a dummy half running. And what I mean by that is they can run at the wrong time. They can pick the wrong option, but it's still really good because they're so nuggety and chunky that they can still make the meters and make guys miss them. So he's super important, especially after losing someone like Sam Verrills. And I know what he's done to the Titans. And I know it's only a preseason game. He's so important and they've got so much confidence having a number nine with experience, you know, that can lead them around. Speaking of number nines, Reid Marnie in Bulldogs colours. A few big name recruits for them. Obviously, Kikau's there. Mm. Matt Burton re-signed for another five years. So there's lots of noise around a lot of their plays. Josh Adokar, when I spoke to him during the week, he said, this is a premiership winning side. And he even <laughs> said that Cameron Seraldo. The Dogs fans, they're getting their tattoos already. He, honestly, he dead said, he said, <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of let him into it because I was trying to get a headline <laughs> no out way. of him. No way, there's no he way said, media. <laughs> he's saying, oh, no, like, just the vibe's great. And I said, so, Josh, are you saying this is a premiership winning outfit? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what about Seraldo? Is he, uh, do you think he can be as great as Bellamy? And he said, no doubt. But the, the, the confidence in that group, is incredible. And but, I suppose guys like Reid Marnie and Kikau, that's a big part of why they, they're so confident. They have been unbelievable. And feel good. There's there's only one Gus, you know. If you're yeah. trying to be Gus, there's only one Wayne Bennett. There's, and there's certain things that Gus can do that no other person in the game can do than feel good. And you watch what he did at Penrith and everybody can bag him. But all that centre of excellence and those kids coming through the pathways that he set up, Penrith can be successful and there's someone blows it up. And then I think if he can do that at the Bulldogs, it's going to have similar success. And I just think how active they've been and the players that they've been able to attract in this short period of time under a salary cap has been nothing but phenomenal. And I don't I don't think that they're going to win the comp this year. Actually, I'll run down Queen Street nude here in Brisbane if can they win the comp. please repeat that? If the Bulldogs win the comp? Queen Street nude if the Bulldogs win the comp this year. Like where they were last year to yeah. where they're um, going to be, I think that they've put their foot on the accelerator and they've sped it up. They've, you know, they've jumped a few hurdles that no one thought that they could jump as quick. Well, So the grab's just going to be me nude, isn't it? It's not yeah, going to be the it's not going to be any of the other. Okay. We're not going <laughs> to. The headline is just that. And Doggies fans are going to get the shits with you because you're not backing them. Oh, but. listen, mate, the Dogs fans still haven't got at me. I think we beat them in the grand final one year. Oh, well. You gotta, you gotta have some heroes and oh, villains. Well, if That's they made more grand finals, we would have beat them in those too. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Emma. But we beat them in a grand final one year that uh, they made it against us. All right, let's talk about <laughs> Manly. So Seabold's first game in charge, and. Yeah. A few shining lights for Manly. One of them was Cooper Johns. So Josh Schuster without Kieran Foran is going to get first crack at that number six jersey. But look, if either he gets injured or, you know, there's still question marks over whether six is his spot. 
Yeah. Uh, Cooper Johns, he well and truly put his hand up, despite it being just a trial. I love Schuster. I really do love the way he plays. He can play a game that not too many of us could, but mm. I just think he should wear the 13. I think that that role is better for him and having a number six and watching Andrew Johns's nephew, Cooper Johns, run out the other day. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. And then and we spoke to him after the game and he's been at such a dominant organisation in Melbourne and you've got a role to play. So I think the freedom of being a playmaker going and in a trial and be able to try a few trick shots, I thought he handled the situation pretty well. And he's only going to get better. So, And with Daly Cherry Evans, that runs the side and you and Jack. So I think that's a great backup if Schuster, which I believe, wasn't he 120 kilo? Yep. He's what trimmed, is he weighing at? He's trimmed down. I don't know exactly what he's at. He's trimmed down. He's but trimmed he, down to he a was massive so, <laughs> He was so adamant. Like he – there were all those stories last year that his manager had said if he's not guaranteed to play six, then he's – I get all that, mate. Listen – I get what managers do, you know, to get players there and all that because every time a player comes off contract, soon, mate, within the next two years, we're going to see a back rower come off and he's going to play fullback to get the fullback <laughs> money. He's, oh, mate, this guy, mate, he really wants to play, play fullback. fullback. So, look, I get that, but I just think Schuster, yeah. he is a great short side playing back rower where he can inject himself. I don't know, and I hope he proves me wrong because I really like watching him play. The kicking game, the organisation, the chat, you know, getting them around, building up and two or three plays ahead and what does my team need me to do now? I really hope he proves me wrong, but playing off the cuff and seeing a short side and, you know, calling an overriding call, whether it's Arco at Manly or, or Bozo or whatever it is, and going down a short side and playing, I think that would suit suit his style a lot more. All right, wait and see. Anthony Seabold may very well follow the advice of Gordy. Uh, let's talk about oh, the- No, no, Seabold won't follow my no, advice. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. Well, we'll, no. we'll say it was your idea. Just say, if, if just a month say in, another coach. Just say, oh, Shane Flanagan, the assistant <laughs> coach there, might take it on board. <clears throat> we'll wait and see. Uh, the Indigenous All-Stars got the win over in Rotorua. It's the first time actually in 50 years that they've been over there. And Gordy, the last time they were- your dad was the captain. It's pretty special. Yeah, I saw it come across on social media, and I saw uh, I saw Francis Tappen. Um, there was a couple of other Townsville boys there. Paddy Mara, all those guys played with dad. I saw Mickey Mundine. That's Anthony Mundine's uncle. Um, there was a bloke by the name of La Perouse. I think Queensland played New South Wales, and dad was the first Indigenous captain. So there's a great photo of all of them jumping on a TAA plane. So for all those old players, they you know, had to walk up the stairs um, and to get on the plane. But, yeah, 50 years ago, my dad went over there and he was a pretty humble guy, not like his son, and he didn't really <laughs> tell me too much about it. But since that and when the Indigenous All-Stars sort of come about through Preston Campbell, they've been invited a couple of times. So I was really, <clears throat> really happy that Dad got to give Jonathan Thurston a jersey. But now just to keep on recognising the players in the past and, you know, culturally it's our uh, you know, oldest living race and, you know, just to keep on celebrating. And that game, it looked fantastic. It did. Like, you know, like it come across the television and there's two different cultures that have been around for a long time. They're proud cultures playing a game of rugby league and rugby league brings everybody together. So I thought it was fantastic. So good to see everything during the week, even – Little special moments like Cody Walker took his son Kyan into camp and Can I just say something about that game? Like I've played at all different levels. And when I was first with the Indigenous All Stars, I have never seen a side and not mate, you can't get a guy, and but you can go to a team now and try to get him to do an interview. A three minute interview. Yeah. You've driven, you've like you've gone through traffic, he's walking off a field, you can't get him to do an interview, can you? No. 
It's hard. This team one day, they woke up at 6 a.m., we had the train, and they got home at midnight on three occasions, just doing stuff with the community. So our training was secondary. Mate, they're taking kids. There's a 200-kid workshop. They're taking them to Dreamworld. They're spending time with these kids that have come out of communities and trying to get them to read books, eat properly, like they eat well, play well, stay well, like the NRL programs. And I've never watched a team care about the public as much as that team so that game I know it's a game of footy and people keep on looking at that but these guys were talking to young men and women about making better choices off the field you know so they can have the same opportunities as the Greg Inglises and Jonathan Thurston's and Preston Campbell so it's a great game and it should stay on the calendar and I love watching it. All the boys just spoke about the fact that the week was the best part of it the footy (laughs) yes it is secondary, secondary but on the field it was a nice moment for Nico Hines. It was a tough week for him. Oh, yeah. Gets the Preston Campbell medal. Afterwards, his teammates were raving about him. You know, Latrell Mitchell, who is one of the greatest players in the game right now, is saying that Nico Hines is going to end up one of the greats like Jonathan Thurston. Can you see oh. him on that same trajectory? <clears throat> for everybody that gets up and, we all, and we've all got an excuse in life, just read Nico's story. Mm. And when he was playing, like, Billy Slater retired, then they have Pappenhausen. I'm going, what's this Nico Hines? And Pappenhausen gets injured in Magic Round. He gets knocked out. Then this Nico Hines played. And I reckon every week his contract was going up 20000 Like from people that didn't know about him, he was playing a bit of New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup for the Falcons. And then all of a sudden within 18 months, he gets a contract at Cronulla. And, oh, well, how's he going to go? And he's turned into this player. Now they're talking about him as Jonathan Thurston, and he's so influential. I, th- I think it's a rise that I haven't seen from someone that, and he wasn't kicking stones, but he was third in line mm. at Melbourne Storm as a fullback. Well, he was, Billy Slater, then Pappenhausen, and him. And look at him now. He said in interviews before, he always knew, and he was going to have to leave because he was so far down the pecking order at the Storm, but he believed in himself. So yes. it's such a credit to him and his it's a great determination and, and particularly when he didn't have it easy growing up either. He's such a great role model. I he would have had model. my number and we told the Titans and he said, oh, mate, listen, I believe this much in myself <laughs> and we had the crystal ball and we signed him on 10 years. That's what you wish. Would you like to poach him and give him a 10-year, <laughs> no, 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 no. $10 million deal? No, because you know what? Because he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And then Cronulla have shown faith and, you know, they signed him and then all of a sudden his stocks kept on rising and... Yeah, you know, under Craig Fitzgibbon, you just see his DNA getting pushed into Cronulla and you watch it the other night and they had some young kids, but I think he suits there. He's a bit of a surfy, but the Gold Coast have great beaches, Nico. You know, if you're falling out of love there, you know, on the Shire, give me a call. <laughs> we'll clip this up and send it to Nico. <laughs> <laughs> clip it. Mate, he listens. What do you mean? He's, mate, he's, this is his favourite show. Yeah, well, well, that's, what he's te- that's what he's texting me right now. Is he? Actually, yeah. speaking of shows and ratings, I, I believe Aaron Woods and Wade Graham are getting a bit competitive and have declared they want to get the highest rating podcast of the week. They're coming <laughs> for it. <laughs> oh, God, are they comedians as well? <laughs> well, well, listen, they got to say something. they got to make a headline, okay? Okay. They're probably no. just gibbering with no headline. they got to make headlines. Okay. If they don't make headlines, please. All right. Well, let's finish. they got to get on the back page of the paper complaining about players being overpaid, <laughs> carrying on about the CBA. they got to do something like that if they want to be the number one podcast. I don't know if you're going to get that from those two. There you go. There so you how go. are they going to get their back page, Em? And they're certainly not saying they're walking down the main streets nude, that's for sure. Oh, no, that would be a bad sight. Big Aaron. <laughs> 
Right. Oh. Well, mate, I'm nearly 50. <laughs> mate, give me, mate, give me six weeks I back myself in, a, <laughs> in budgies over him. You're saying six weeks you'd look better than Aaron Woods running down the street nude. <laughs> Absolutely. He looks like Brutus out of Popeye. <laughs> I hope they play this and respond on no, their no, podcast. No, 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 listen, no. There's, listen, there's some guys like Reese Walsh or whatever. You yeah. know, some guys that take off their shirt. Like Billy Slater can take off his shirt when he's 75 and I'll never look better than him. Yeah. There's some guys you're never going to look better than. Mm. But Shane Webke could run till his next birthday and some bloke can take off his shirt and look better than yeah. him. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> it's natural. Just, that's what it is. You just got yeah. to accept it, don't you? You All just right. got to accept what mama gave you. All right. Let's finish on one of the heartfelt moments of the weekend. And I believe we have some audio from Fox League. Gordon, you go, please meet Talis. There you go, mate. Good to meet you. <laughs> mate, what a good name that is. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, Talis, tell us about your namesake, how this all came about. Yeah, so my dad just um, obviously loved the way you played, you played the game. Um, wasn't a big fan of Queensland, but he was, he was a fan of you, and um, yeah, just um, they named me that, and I guess I was kind of brought up a little bit in the way of um, how you play the game. I, I, I was taught they tried to teach me to play in, in a similar fashion. So, so that was young Talis Duncan from the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Gordy, what was that like? It was a surreal moment, yeah. like because I'm sitting there and I read his name, and I didn't realise, and our producer, Big Tone, he just brings just brings him over. Then the poor kid, he didn't realise that he was going to stand beside me. So he was in awe and I'm like, I was standing there. It's it's like no one gets named after you. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. And then the kid played really well. And I'm not going to call him a kid. He's a young man. He was 20 and that was his first ever game of first grade. He played 65 minutes in the middle. He made over 20 tackles and I think he was fifth in the metres made. So, um, and he's got a great mentor there in Sam Burgess and Cam Murray and he wants to play in the middle and he was a great young kid. I gave him my number straight after and it was a pleasure to meet him and his dad gave him my name and his dad hated Queensland but it doesn't work out. His dad hates Queensland but he liked me. So, yeah. That's, that's the power you've got, Gordy. Uh, that's Someone weird, hates but, Queensland yeah. but can still love you. That's pretty special. Yeah, so, so, so I'm going to keep an eye on him and I just like the way he went about his business and I told him that when I played my first first grade game I was 15 and I dropped two balls and I lasted about sorry um, I was 19 and I lasted about 15 minutes so that guy to play 65 minutes in the middle um, in a trial match without the combinations I thought um, he did a fantastic job and it was an honour to meet him actually he's a really good young kid really humble well, well to the point I got text messages from Billy Slater and all those guys. They really? must have been sitting at home watching it going, mate, that's a great moment. Like, I got more texts about that kid in that moment than any moment I've ever had in my career. Really? I'm standing there on a mic wow. in a suit, sweating. That, so, that's cool though. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So like the rugby league can do it. Like, you know, like that's – like whether it's me or if it's Brandy or if it's Alfie or if it's, you know, Lewis after Wally Lewis or Freddie after Brad Fittler or whatever, I just think it's – you know, I think it's a really good moment. It's what rugby league can do to people. So it was a great moment, Emma, that I'll never forget. So rugby league is the winner. And well done to Talis Duncan. We look forward to watching him in the future. My favourite. <laughs> and if I ever get his name wrong, Charlie, sack me on the spot. <laughs> so, You're unsackable. In- <laughs> you are unsackable. We know that. <laughs> Unless he changes it to Tallis, because I've been called Tallis, Talis, Talis. Tallis. Tallis. Yeah. By uh, many Gordon people? Tall, tall, well, is. Talise. Well, is this at the peak of your powers when you were playing? Jordan Talise. French. Bonjour. (laughs) What are you laughing at, Emma? Nothing, nothing. I'm going to let you go to your Super Bowl party (laughs) because we've gone a little bit over time. So enjoy the hot dogs and the beers, Gordy. 
I certainly will, Emma. And uh, go the uh, Aussies, but go the Chiefs. My man Kelsey. There he is there. Look at him on screen. And they're wearing white. Why didn't I buy the white one? Because I would have had hot dog sauce all over it. Exactly. And white's not as flattering. I mean, not you always look good. <laughs> not on just Aaron Woods it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that, Emma. <laughs> all right. We'll see everyone next week on another edition of Footy Talk. <laughs>